0: He was recently honored with the Heart of a Wildcat Award at the annual Catsby Awards, something junior defensive lineman Joshua Paschal earned outright after being diagnosed in July of 2018 with melanoma at only 19 years old. He underwent multiple surgeries, endured treatment, and through it all found his way back to the football field, only to cap off one of his toughest years with a New Year's Day bowl win with his fellow Wildcats. He is a fighter and now willing to share his story of early detection and survival with anyone that will listen. From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Joshua Pascal. Welcome to Uniquely Kentucky.
1: Oh, thank you for having
0: me. Um, First question right off the bat that everybody wants to know, how are you doing, how are you feeling these days?
1: I'm feeling great. Um, I'm just trying to get ready for next season and just trying to progress off uh, the season we had last year. So we're just working to get better.
0: Let's talk about that. Everybody wants to know about the season coming up, um, just coming off of um, spring training and, and the spring game. What can people expect from you guys?
1: Um, People can expect a lot. Um, We know that a lot of people are really like doubting us, kind of, uh, just because we lost so many um, like familiar faces and everything. But uh, we're working just to just progress off of last year and do even better. And we feel like last year was just a foundation of what we can do to grow off of and everything.
0: Also, the NFL draft. How crazy is that to see the guys that you were just on the field with, in the training room with? Um, be able to be drafted and now living out their dream wherever they're gonna go.
1: Uh, it's great because we just saw all the work that they put in for it, and we saw like what they had to do to get to uh, to where they are now. And so just seeing all their hard work pays off, uh, pay off, and their dreams come true. It just, um, it's just like re- really like. I'm just thankful for them.
0: It makes you think it's so close to you, right? You you know, like, okay, that could be there for me if I just work hard enough, right? Exactly. You were coming off of um, really a whirlwind. You were just on um, national television doing morning shows, and you're really all over the place, really spreading a message that I'm sure you never intended to be doing. But let's talk about back in July of 2018, Joshua, when you realized something that looked like a blood blister was on your foot. What kind of clues you in that this just doesn't seem right?
1: Um. Well, I thought it was a blood blister, so of course I started picking that in, and everything like that. And so I'll probably say, um, after it started growing, that's when I realized that something wasn't right, because usually with blood blisters, you know, it goes away after a certain amount of time, or something like that, but this uh, never went away. It would just kept uh, getting bigger and bigger. So I feel like that's what really um, made me take a closer look at it.
0: I think what's incredible about your story is that, um, let's face it, a big tough guy like you walking into the, the trainer's <laughs> room and saying, um, I've got this blood blister on my foot, but for the guys over there at UK to really take you seriously and say, this isn't right, and then to kind of push on, I mean, mm-hmm. that really was life saving for you.
1: Yeah, Because it was something that I didn't really think uh, really take seriously. And um, just before the season, I just wanted to get ready to play. I didn't really care about getting checked it out. Uh, checked out. I just wanted to be able to play uh, during the season. And so it was really uh, my trainers that really uh, looked out for me and just made sure that I was like, okay, um, as a person, not even as an athlete, like they could have just let me go and uh, play football, but um, they were looking out for my health and uh, made sure that I went and got it checked out.
0: Talk to me about that moment when you get the diagnosis, you hear the C word, and kind of what is, I mean, can you even wrap your head around that at that time?
1: Um, Well, no, because that was actually my follow-up appointment uh, once they told me how bad it was. Um, It was after my first surgery. So after my first surgery, I was thinking, okay, it's fine because, you know, they got everything out. But once I came in and was ready for the good news that I thought I was gonna get, um, that really caught me off guard, and I didn't really see any of that coming. And I was with my family, of course, and, of course, they didn't see any of that coming either. But my mom was so, like, poised in that moment because of her faith and everything. And um, that really, like, rubbed off on me throughout the whole thing because she was just so poised and she was calm because she kept saying, like, I know you're healed. Like, you're healed through your faith. And that's just something that just stuck with me.
0: they went in for that surgery, they found out that it was a little bit deeper, a little bit more progressed, advanced, if you will. So you were diagnosed with melanoma. Is that something that you really had even thought of or even knew what it was?
1: Oh, no, I had no idea what it was. Um, So just growing up, I never heard of skin cancer for African-Americans. That's not something that was talked about in my house. Um, Of course, like cancer was talked about, but it wasn't about us because we were kids, you know, like we never think that anything like that can happen to us. We are always thinking we're like invincible and stuff like that. But as far as skin cancer, I would never would have thought about that.
0: So if you have um, been on social media in the last week, you have seen more of your foot probably than anybody <laughs> needs to see, right? It is everywhere, but it also is a really good reminder when you see that, that it, it doesn't always have to be in a place that you get a lot of sun for sure. What was your, after the diagnosis, you did the surgery, um, what was your then kind of next line of defense? You do immunotherapy, is that right?
1: Uh, Yes, I do immunotherapy. Uh, I do that every four weeks and I think I have 13 doses total. And I only have a couple more and I'll be finished in August.
0: You know, talk about going through all of that because here you are, you're you're in the middle of, of football, you, you wanna be out there with everybody, you've also got this going on. Like, how was that kind of with you being tugged at, going, I really wanna be out there with my guys, but I've also got this going on and I've gotta do it to save my life.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, football means so much to me. And that's just something that I always uh, put above like myself and just like always wanting to be out there with my brothers and everything. But at the same time, um, my even my teammates and my coaches—they'll always like tell me. I know my roommate, uh, uh Quentin. He always tells me like, you need to like chill out. You need to calm down. Like, <laughs> you need to take care of yourself at this time. Like, stop trying to rush everything and stuff like that. So I have like a lot of people that like try to look out for me when it comes to that.
0: You um, kind of had a, a a unique situation in the sense that sort of the entire time that you're going through this, you actually have. Coach Schlarman going through his own cancer um, journey as well. What was that like for you? And then kind of also being able to maybe be a little bit of positivity for him too, at the same time.
1: Well, that Coach Schlarman, um, everybody would just come back from, because I would be in the bed um, at home, like recovering from surgery, and then everybody would come back um, home after camp practice and everything, and just telling me how Coach Slammer was at practice, just overjoyed and everything. And I remember the first time I came back, and I saw Coach Slammer, and he was going through uh, just so much. But at the same time, he'll come to practice every day with like the full, like full energy. He'll probably have the most energy out of anybody on the field. And like you know, like none of us knows like what what was happening in his body and everything, and we couldn't even imagine what he was going through. But at the same time, he just had that faith in him and that just that strong desire to just um, lift other people up, and I feel like that's what lifted me up. You have
0: a really uh, awesome opportunity in the sense that, you know, there are other people, as we speak, going through their own, however, cancer journey. What would you say to folks? Like, I know your family, your faith, that's so important to you. What would you say to other folks that are kind of right in the middle of it that, man, they just don't know what's next for them Mm -hmm. and how they kind of get through it?
1: Um, So as far as me, I just trusted my faith. I trusted that um, there's anything I was going through that, um, I knew it wasn't in my plan, of course, but it's not my plan that I needed to worry about. Um, I'm a believer, and I believe in uh, Christ's plan for me, and that's just something that really got me through that uh, through that situation.
0: Was your family able to be here with you, kind of through it all?
1: They were here through everything, um, every surgery. Um, somebody was present. My sister actually is um, living here, and so every time that my parents couldn't come, or that my brother couldn't come, my sister would make sure that I was fine. She would. Um, just go to treatments with me, she would um, go home, she would make sure that my room's clean, she would just do everything that my mom would do if she was here, that's what my sister would do.
0: That's a good sister right there. In mm-hmm. your football bio, your kind of word that describes you is relentless. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have that relentless kind of um, pursuit to get back on the football field? Um, especially after seeing like coach going through what he's going through and knowing like okay, if he can go through treatment and still be out here mm-hmm. I can do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, just with that, I was just thinking in my mindset that I was not going to let like, this like, stop me from the things that I had planned. And this was just a small obstacle, and so I feel like that I could overcome it, especially with all the support that I was getting from just so many people, and so many uh, people just lifting me up in prayer. And I just had like a strength that um, I couldn't let like, anybody down. And at the same time, I just wanted to get back and playing with my brothers. And I knew that uh, I could get there. Eventually, I just had to put the work in and do it.
0: Let's go back to um, kind of, uh, you've had others, but your kind of football debut after um, the surgery and going through everything. Um, I was at that game, we tailgate. I remember the exact um, moment that you go in and you, let's see, I have a, I have a down here, I'm sure correct. It was Middle Tennessee State. You make a tackle in the second quarter. On third down, it forced a punt. The stadium went nuts. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that moment? And I remember do you remember that. what you were feeling in that moment?
1: Yeah, I remember it. Um, this, I always just uh, watch that video sometimes. I just like to hear it, like the announcement and everything, just the crowd. And it just, I just remember making a tackle and just getting up and then hearing the announcer call my name. And that was, it was my first time since last year. Like since my freshman season, like even hearing that, and my favorite thing was just my teammates' reactions, and just like everybody would come over there, and they're like, I watched the video again. I just saw all the smiles on their faces and everything. And I was just like, wow, like they're really like out here, like really supporting me, and I knew they always had my back, but that was just like a testament to that.
0: It was a special moment because even if you weren't in there like us and were out in the parking lot, it was still a special moment. Yeah. And at that moment, you knew that the entire Big Blue Nation was behind you. Yeah. We always talk about the Big Blue Nation um, just being so crazy and its fan base. But did you feel their love and their support and their prayers through all of this? Because everybody was thinking about you. I mean, you were what everybody was talking about.
1: I know. I don't think it was one day that went by where someone didn't reach out to me. And I feel like that was just all of Big Blue Nation. Like no matter what, like they made sure that I felt um, that love, and they made sure that I wasn't, I didn't feel alone. And that's something that I truly uh, appreciate them for. Just because, um, like during that time, it, it would be easy to lose yourself and to uh, um, feel alone. Like during times like that, but just having that fan base and having Big Blue Nation just there and just to give you that comfort and that love um, was amazing.
0: What's your um, relationship with Coach Stoops like? Because I would have to imagine that for your family, um, mm. just knowing that you're kind of in their hands, you're in good hands, at least that's, I hope that's what they mm. feel like. What's your relationship like with him and how was he through all of this? With um,
1: you? He was great through all of this. Um, he would just check up on me and he knew um, that this wasn't easy for me and everything. And he knew that uh, one of the toughest things was not being able to play with my team. And so um, this for everything that uh, he did as far as the wristbands, as far as um, just checking up on me and just making sure everything's fine, checking up on my family and making sure that they're good and just um, just knowing that he was there for us because not um, all coaches would really do that. Mm -hmm. And just to know that I had a coach like that and that really cared for me as a person more than an athlete meant a lot.
0: Joshua, you could be doing anything. You could totally be focused on football. You could be totally focused on, it's summer, and I've got a little bit of time off to myself, but you've kind of um, committed yourself to kind of being an advocate now for um, skin cancer awareness. Why was that important to you, and what do you hope people take away from your story, your message?
1: Well, this is important to me just because um, this is something I went through, and I know that maybe some people feel alone, but. I had so much support from so many different people, but I know that some people don't get that. And I just want some people just to be able to look up, um, just look up my name and just see this story and just see all the different things um, just come up and just to uh, just for them to be able to relate to me and just to um, know that they're not alone and that, um, that they can like reach out to me if they need anything and just things like that and that I can always just um, try to lift them up.
0: You've got a pretty important voice in the African-American community. As you said, this was not something that was talked about very often. So do you kind of find yourself talking about that, especially in that community for sure?
1: Yeah, I actually had um, a couple of people just hit me up on social media and just asking about certain things. Um, I know uh, one person actually hit me up and said that they had a spot on them and that um, it's continued to grow, but they don't know if they wanna go to the doctor or not. And I just shared uh, like, what I went through and told them that they should really go get that checked out and that it's not anything to play with. And that, um, like, the earlier you catch it is the better. So that they did a good job on uh, finding that.
0: So are you going to be the sunscreen guy now running around at practice making sure everybody is (laughs) Mm -hmm. loaded up on sunscreen? Yeah, I'm
1: going to have to have a lot of sunscreen.
0: (laughs) Here's a couple of rapid-fire questions, okay? Uh, Favorite food? Chipotle. Favorite movie?
1: Ooh, Friday Night Lights.
0: All right. Uh, Most memorable football moment?
1: Um, what's memorable for a moment? I don't know.
0: It better be when that crowd was cheering yeah, for you. Yeah, probably that. <laughs> we'll go with that one. Um, class that you hate the most?
1: Class that I hate the most, chemistry. I
0: don't blame you. The teammate that makes you laugh the loudest?
1: Laugh the loudest. Ooh, that's a hard yeah. one. Um, Quimbo, honey.
0: Okay. Uh, the football drill that you hate the most?
1: Um, I love football. I don't know. <laughs> Suicides? Ooh. Gases. Gases. I see gases. Oh,
0: there. The teammate that lifted you up the most
1: through everything. Well, that's hard. Ooh. I had to say all of my roommates. Good answer. Yeah, all of my roommates. Because they made sure I was fine through everything. It could be 2 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and like i will be needing some of them, and they'll be running into my room, making sure I was okay.
0: Joshua, what's the one thing um, that you kind of learned the most about yourself through this whole process?
1: Um, the one thing I learned the most about myself, i say is, I mean, I knew that I could, I was, um, I thought of myself as like a strong person, but I realized that you need the people around you a lot. And I feel like uh, what I learned about myself is that I can't do everything by myself and just because I feel like that I got through this does not mean that it was all of me. Like, it was just a little part of me. Like, just people lifting me up. If I didn't have those people, then I don't know what would have happened. And if I didn't have my trainers, I don't know if I would have ever found that spot on my foot. And so I would just say that um, just the people around me, something that I learned is important.
0: What's your goal coming up for the season? Like, what do you have kind of in mind for yourself?
1: Um, my goal is uh, just to be uh, All SEC, and um, really hopefully All American. And I'm gonna work towards that goal. Um, just to, I really want to just work hard this off season, and just um, put in as much work as I can, as much as my body lets me.
0: Well, after football, what do you what do you want to do? I um, mean, NFL, of course. Mm, is that a dream of yours? That's my of course. number one dream. Okay, after NFL. that dream, let's just say, what else would you like to do?
1: If, or after I play football, or if I don't play football. Uh,
0: let's just say you're gonna play football, and then you have to find something else to do. What would you do?
1: And what something I really want to do is open up my own business. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. I kind of I really want to open up a gym. Mm. That's something that I always wanted to do, like a personal fitness gym, and not like a goals gym, but like it's a small. Um, like really like a, a athlete type gym
0: so again going into football what would you say because i know a lot of fans that are like okay we're coming off of this bowl win it's kind of like a rebuilding season what do you say to get the fans there in the stands come this fall
1: well i just want to let them know that we're going to build off in the uh, last season and that we have a lot of home games this year too so we're going to need their support and we're going to come out fighting every single game we're going to give it our all and you know we're going to try to go in the field this year
0: Here's two questions that I'm going to throw at you that um, I usually tell people that they're coming, but I didn't tell you. Um, Books, I think they're really important, and um, I'm a bookworm. I don't know if you are, but is there a book that's been important to you or something? He's shaking his head. He's like, I'm not a big bookworm, Amber. I like
1: documentaries. Yeah, okay.
0: Something that's been important to you that way?
1: Um, Well.
0: Influenced you?
1: Not really. Okay. I mean, yeah. Last night I watched the Kevin Durant documentary, mm-hmm. and we're actually just from like the same area, the same county, yeah. and so I was just really like watching that. Um, it was the one that was about four years ago, mm-hmm. and so it was just um, he was. It was like a lot in that, just talking about uh, where we came from and just stuff like that, and um, how it was just growing up, and then also just how good he was at basketball and things like that.
0: Might be a documentary about you one day. You <laughs> Last question. This podcast is called Uniquely Kentucky. Um, you're not originally from Kentucky, but you kind of call it home now. What What do you think makes Kentucky
1: so unique? Um, just the people. Uh, just being here so far, I've never met like a truly like rude person here, and that like people are really nice here. And um, it might be that southern, like uh, just a southern thing. Uh, just from being up north, it's not really like this back home. <laughs>
0: Joshua Pascal, we appreciate your time. We're so glad that you are doing well and we hope to see big things out of you in the fall. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Number four, Joshua Pascal is raring to go for that home opener, which is Saturday, August 31st for the Wildcats against the University of Toledo. He is really looking to hit that field and make up for time lost, and we certainly wish him the best. Until the next edition of Uniquely Kentucky, I'm Amber Philpot. I'll see you on the news on WKYT.